beginning of 14 days of spiritual renewal, something that we do every January and every August to really realign, reposition our hearts towards Him, to make sure that we've set proper and appropriate priorities, and to prepare ourselves for what we believe are going to be the extraordinary things that God is wanting to do in us, through us, and for us, as well as our families and our church. So to help equip you and resource you the best that we can, we've provided some things that are going to make your time of seeking and serving as powerful as possible. And you can access them by going to www.waterview.church slash 14 days. Again, that's www.waterview.church slash 14 days. Go there and check it out. And we can't wait to hear about all that God's going to be doing in your life for these next couple of weeks. Today, I want to talk to you out of Mark chapter number 10. And these are the words of Jesus. And they're really extraordinary. Mark chapter number 10. This is what Jesus says. Listen to my words. Now, look. When you're talking to just an average, ordinary person and they say, I really want you to listen to me right now, or they lead in with, listen to my words, it gives you pause. Not to mention if we're talking about God in the flesh, the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. When he says, hey, I want you to listen to my words, what do you do? You listen to his words. And this is what he says. Anyone who leaves his home behind and chooses me, look at that, and chooses me over children, parents, family, possessions, all for the sake of the gospel. So watch, anyone that chooses me over everything else for the sake of the gospel, it's going to come back to him a hundred times as much in this lifetime. Homes, family, mothers, brothers, sisters, children, possessions, along with persecutions. And then Jesus says, not only are you going to receive it back a hundred times in this life, he says, and in the age to come, you're going to receive eternal life. You're going to be saved. You're going to be in heaven with me forever. And I want to continue our series, TikTok Theology, which has been so powerful many these last couple of weeks have given their hearts and lives to Jesus, have made fresh starts, and we're celebrating that. We're going to continue our series today as I talk with you about FOMO. FOMO. You know, we're doing this series called TikTok Theology. We're in week number three because all of us are under the influence. Our social media feeds and our news feeds, they are dramatically affecting us. It's shaping our opinions, our outlooks, our values, and it's even shaping our core beliefs. We're calling it TikTok theology because our social media is preaching to us constantly. Now, usually the word theology is reserved for religious things, churchy things. When you think of theology, you think about information about God things concerning God that you get in a sermon that somebody is preaching to you. But in this case, because social media is constantly preaching, 
It's bombarding us with messaging that is counterproductive to a flourishing, fulfilling life of faith and that is in direct opposition to the truth of Jesus that actually sets us free. We are dying. We're dying morally, ethically, relationally, spiritually, because we are completely immersed in those sermons that are coming from Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat, Twitter and all the others. Our faith if we were going to be honest with ourselves today, we would have to admit that our faith and how we live it out in our everyday is drifting further and further from the fire, from the fervency, and from the fierce dedication that has always marked true believers in Jesus from the beginning. And this is because of our overexposure to the poison of popular culture and our underexposure to the Bible, which is the Word of God. It is the truth of God. And so for the last couple of weeks, we have been talking about the sharp contrast between what Jesus and the Bible actually teaches and what many of us believe due to what social media teaches. During week one, we talked about the idea of absolute truth. And in the very first week of this series, we explored that social media is preaching a message of relativism, which means that there are no absolute truths, that you're right, I'm right, we're all right, and we just figure out how to all coexist with no absolute truths. But we discover in the Bible that truth is a person, and his name is Jesus. And so absolute truth does exist. And it comes, it originates from the Word of God, which is truth, which became flesh and walked among us. That is Jesus. And if we're going to know truth, and I know there are a lot of different things that are claiming to be truth or a truth, but if we're going to know the truth, we've got to come near to Jesus, seek Jesus, walk with Jesus, and have a relationship with Jesus because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. And so we've got to put all of our opinions and beliefs, we've got to hold it up to the scrutiny, to the mirror of the Bible to see if it indeed is true. And if the Bible contradicts our outlook, our perspective, our narrative, then we are the ones that need to change, not God's word. Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is truth and he does not change. And then in week number two, last week, we talked about how our obsession with self is incompatible with the selflessness of Jesus. And we had some fun talking about selfies, which really are just an extension of our obsession with ourselves. We are so self-focused, we are so self-centered, and the selfie just highlights that to a great degree. And we preached about how we are to bring death to selfie, that the message of Jesus is self-denial. The message of Jesus is to put him first and others second, and then we ourselves, we kind of come in behind in last place. This is countercultural, but it is the truth of 
the Bible. And today we started with some pretty amazing words that Jesus speaks. And in these words, he gives us some exciting promises. And I want to revisit those. Jesus says, listen to me. Anyone who leaves his home and chooses me over everything else. And he lists all of the things that are closest, nearest and dearest to our heart. He says, anyone that chooses me over those things, anyone who chooses me and the gospel over all of the rest, it's going to come back to him a hundred times in this life. Not to mention in the life to come, you're going to have eternal life. And look, this sounds amazing, does it not? Does this not sound like something that is going to benefit and that is going to bless every single one of us? And look, if Jesus said it, you can bank on it. If Jesus said it, it is truth and he's going to see it through to its proper conclusion. This is utterly amazing, but here is the truth of the matter the majority of us are not doing it. Look at what Jesus says. Choose him and the gospel over everything else in this life. And as a result, you'll be rewarded in this life and in the life to come. The majority of us are not doing it because of another louder message that we are getting from TikTok theology. And that other message is the title of what I wanted to share with you here today, FOMO. Probably the majority of you already know that FOMO means the fear of missing out. And this is an actual word in the Oxford English Dictionary. I'm not just talking slang, the newest word on the street. It has been added into the lexicon of the American language. In fact, the word FOMO was officially added to the Oxford English Dictionary in 2013. And you want to know where the word originates from? It originated at Harvard Business School in the early 2000s. In fact, one of those grad students who were there at Harvard, who had a hand in creating this name and this concept, a man by the name of Dan Herman, he described FOMO as pervasive apprehension that one is missing out on something or that others might be having rewarding experiences from which one is absent. And recent studies are showing that FOMO, the fear of missing out, it is adversely affecting us. Everything from compulsively checking your phone Got to look at my phone, got to see what's happening on the phone all the time, don't want to miss a thing, to anxiety, depression, low self-esteem, obsessive compulsive disorder, addiction, attention deficit disorder, and more. And do you know that Satan, the devil, our adversary, the dragon, the serpent, the one who's walking around like a roaring lion, looking to devour us. Satan, the one who hates God and all the things connected to God. Satan, the one that even hates you and I. What we're doing right now, engaging in studying God's Word and growing in our knowledge of Him. Satan, from the very beginning of time, has been lying to us that we are missing out on something 
if we do what our Creator says is best for us. The things that our Creator has determined are the things that set us up for true success. That's why I believe that although Jesus makes this amazing promise in Mark chapter number 10 that says, if you'll choose me over all this other, you're going to be blessed both in this life and in this life to come. The reason that we're not doing it is because we are being deceived into thinking that if we do what Jesus wants to do, then we are going to miss out on something else. That if we give up all the things that Jesus says to give up, then we're going to be absent from something that's going to be enjoyable or that's going to be meaningful in our life in some way. This is not by accident. This has been the ploy of our adversary Satan since the beginning of time, the beginning of humanity, the beginning of the world. You see it in the book of Genesis. We have our great, 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 great grandparents in the Garden of Eden. It is a place of perfection and paradise where they're enjoying the best that God has ever provided and enjoying God unfettered, unhindered, unblocked access. God is literally walking with them in person during the day, walking, talking, enjoying relationship. It's this it's this utopia of intimacy and pleasure and all of the things that we could we could ever want. And Satan, in this setting, he approaches Eve with a couple of deceptions that ultimately cause her downfall. And these deceptions still remain today. In fact, now social media is the fruit because we are still being lied to. Every time that we take a bite, we're having that same deception downloaded into our hearts and minds. The first lie and, and the first thing that you need to see that Satan shares with Adam and Eve is you need to eat this fruit because you're missing out. That's lie number one. You are missing out. God is trying to keep you from what is enjoyable and exciting. And at my core, this is why I believe that we struggle with giving God our time. I think this is why we struggle with prioritizing, putting time with Him at the first of the week, gathering on Sundays in His presence with His people to come closer to Him, to be equipped to do His work. I think the reason that we struggle with giving God our time, the reason that we struggle with giving God our talents, our gifts, our abilities, serving others, serving at church, making a difference in the community, making a difference in the world. The reason that we struggle with giving God our money, why we don't live more generously, the reason why we don't put him first as he has asked with the tithe, giving him the first 10%, the reason that we don't give offerings, the reason that we just kind of live for ourselves and we're very, very guarded when it comes to our monies, the reason for all of this is because Satan has convinced us that if we do it, we're going to miss out on something else. I also believe this is why we struggle with honoring God 
with our bodies in every way that you can imagine, sexually and otherwise. We struggle because Satan is lying to us, making us believe that we're missing out and that God is trying to keep us from what is enjoyable and exciting. This is why we don't do what Mark chapter 10 tells us could be a reality in our lives. This is why we do not choose Jesus over everything else, even when he promises so much in return. It's because of the FOMO. Satan made one fruit seem so much more appealing than all the others. I mean, this was a paradise. God had put an absolute buffet of delight, every imaginable food that you can wrap your brain around, it was there for them to enjoy. There was just one thing, one portion that God said was his. Don't touch this. This is mine. This is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It's my prerogative as creator to have something that's mine. This is mine. Don't touch it. But Satan made that one fruit seem so much more appealing than all the others. He made the one thing that she couldn't have eclipse all of the other things that God provided. And what happened was Satan took God's wishes, God's command, God's best out of the center and he put Eve's there. That, that's what humanism is. That's what we talked about last week when, when, when we shared on the subject death to selfie Social media preaches the gospel of humanism, which is to put our individual experience, to put the human experience in the center, to, to elevate what we want, what we desire, what we can have above divine matters, above what our creator has said, this is good for you, this is not good for you. We put ourselves at the center and you know what happened when Satan led Adam and Eve to do this very thing? He caused her to shift from grateful. Grateful that she's in perfection. Grateful that she's in paradise. Grateful that she's got all of these things to enjoy. Grateful for the relationship that she's got with her husband and, and the relationship that Adam has with his wife. Grateful for the relationship that they have with their heavenly father, father God, the creator of all things, who's there with them, interacting with them. They shift from grateful for all of it to entitled. And they thought, we deserve this one thing that God says we can't have. We deserve his portion after all. We are the ones that fertilize this tree. We're the ones that take care of this tree. This is ours. We, we, we handle this ourselves. It's not God's portion. It's ours, so we're going to, to have it. Why should God have something that we don't have? And he made Adam and Eve's FOMO so real that disobeying God and satisfying that curiosity about what she might be missing out on resulted in the loss of what was perfect and what was paradise. And that leads me to ask you this question today. What rewards, what blessings, what opportunities are we losing out on because of FOMO? You know, social media is preaching to us 
the following things. We are told to know ourselves, to really get to know ourselves, that, that we're at the center and we, we need to know all about who we are, to fall in love with ourselves, to care for ourselves. We're to know ourselves. And then we're told that we need to find fame, that fame and, and happiness, they're the, the, the greatest pursuits, particularly here in the American culture. Find, find a way to become famous. Get on social media if you can. Go to Hollywood. Drop a new song on SoundCloud. Do whatever you can to find fame. We're also told to, to discover a platform that, that we should create a YouTube channel, that we should get an Instagram account, and, and that we should get as many followers, as many likes, as many shares as, as possible. We need to build a platform that you should be an influencer. In fact, my 10-year-old my, my all the time is telling me about his YouTube channel and that his great aspiration is to be a YouTuber, to make millions of dollars as a YouTuber, to be an influencer, to have this platform. And he has arrived at this because he has heard the messaging over and over again. So have you, so have your kids, so have your grandkids, so have your friends. Everyone has heard it. Discover a platform. And then last, we're told, hey, make a dollar. Make as much money as you can. Be all about that paper. Make that coin. Hey, you get that bag. That bag is the thing that matters the most. That bag is the most important thing that you can get your hands on. And the reality of all of those messages that were hearing that Satan is preaching to us through social media, none of those things make our lives truly matter. That is not the fruit. Doing those things, that is not the fruit that makes us fully alive or that causes us to flourish or that leads us to live fulfilled. You know how I know it? It's because a man by the name of Solomon, many have said that he's the wisest man who ever lived, Solomon tried those things and then he wrote about it in his journal. And this is what he concluded. We can, can see into his journal in Ecclesiastes chapter number two. And this is what he said. I said to myself, come on, let's try pleasure and let's look for the good things in life. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like all of our friends, co-workers, neighbors, Sounds like our news feed. Sounds like our social media feed. Let's try pleasure. Let's look for the good things in life. But I found that this too was meaningless. After much thought, I decided to cheer myself with wine. Hey, that sounds familiar too. Let's party. Party, party, party. Let's spend our youth, the best days of our life, partying it up. Because that's just what you do when you're young, right? Let's try wine. And while still seeking wisdom, I clutched at foolishness in this way. I tried to experience the only happiness that most people find during their brief life in this world. He says, I also tried to find meaning by, for all of you entrepreneurs and business people and, and those of you that land on the more affluent side of things, I tried to find meaning by building huge homes for myself and planting beautiful vineyards. I made gardens and parks, filling them with all kinds of fruit trees. I built reservoirs to collect water to irrigate my many flourishing groves. 
I bought slaves, men and women. Others were born into my household. I owned large herds and flocks, more than any of the kings who had ever lived in Jerusalem before me. I collected great sums of silver and gold, the treasure of many kings and provinces. Who does he sound like? He sounds like a social media influencer. He said, I hired wonderful singers, both men and women. And then he's like, look, I had many beautiful concubines. Hey, newsflash, concubine is Bible speak for I had a lot of lovers. I had a lot of sneaky links. I had a lot of chicks on the side. I was balling out with the ladies, many beautiful concubines. In fact, it's been said that he had 700 wives and 300 concubines. I mean, the man was a very active, very busy man. He said, I had everything that a man could desire. Is not all of this sound like the very things that we're told to pursue, pursue sexual things, pursue monetary things, pursue recreational and entertaining things. I think so. It's what we're bombarded with every single day. And he said, I became greater than all who had lived in Jerusalem before me and my wisdom never failed me and anything I wanted, I'd take. I denied myself no pleasure. I even found great pleasure in hard work. Hey, he was hardworking, a reward for all of my labors. But as I looked at everything, look, this guy, he says he tried it all. He chose everything over God's will and plan for his life. He did just the opposite of Mark 10. And he said, and as I looked at everything I had worked so hard to accomplish, it was all so meaningless. It was all so meaningless. It was like chasing the wind. There was nothing really worthwhile anywhere. And here's the thing. Solomon had a bad case of FOMO. And so he went after it all. And by the time he gets to the end, you know what I believe is what he's really trying to say. And this is Probably the big idea of what I want to leave with you here today. If you're taking notes, write this down. When you focus on what you might miss out on, you can miss out on what you shouldn't. Hey, I know that maybe you're hesitant to give up everything for Jesus and the gospel, even though he said he's going to bless you a thousand times in this life and in the life to come. But... When you focus on what you might miss out on, you can miss out on what you shouldn't because our creator, our creator says that the glorious way of life, the abundant life, he says that the supreme way to live is not to know ourselves, but it's to know God. It's to connect with him, to, to walk with him to have a relationship with Him, to grow in knowledge of Him, to have Him, to know God. He also says that it's, it's not about finding fame, it's about finding freedom. That life is that filled with pitfalls and that we all have struggles, hurts, habits, and hang-ups. So that's why we can find freedom. We don't have to live with anxiety, bound, afflicted, tortured, with depression, 
self-loathing, negative body image, all of the things that are so common, isolation, loneliness, all of the things. We can find freedom for that because Jesus says, when I make you free, you are going to be free totally and completely. Yeah, it's not about discover a platform. God says it's about discovering purpose, that you were made on purpose, for a purpose. You're filled with potential. There's a reason that you're here. And the reason that you're here is to not just knock out another 40-hour week. The reason that you're here is not to live for your next vacation or to live for the weekend, to live for the next fantasy football draft, to live for college football, whatever it is that you're into and you live for. There is more to life than all of that. But you got to discover your purpose. And God said he's going to show it to you and last he says, it's not about making a dollar, it's about making a difference. That we're here to make our lives matter, to use our purpose and potential, to serve a cause greater than ourselves, to change the world around us, to bring more love, more hope, more peace, more healing, to bring the kingdom of heaven down to the earth for the will of God to be done in our neighbor's life and in our co-worker's life and in the lives of the people that we're shopping with when we're at Target, that all of that is supposed to be happening because we are a channel for it. We are making a difference. And I'm hurrying to close today, but the second way that Satan deceived Eve is the way that social media is still deceiving us. And here's line number two. This is this is what Satan said to Adam and Eve, what he's saying to us. There are shortcuts. There are shortcuts. You can be like God without God. You know what? Satan came along and he said, you know, poor Adam, poor Eve. God does not want you to have this fruit. Can you believe that? What's up with this guy? Why in the world do you guys think that he's, holding this back from you. What are you missing out on? Ooh, it could be something really amazing. I mean, hey, I know you've got it great here, but you could be missing out on something. What is it? And 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 maybe maybe God is not wanting you to know what he knows. Maybe he said it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Maybe he doesn't want you to have knowledge. Maybe he's wanting to keep you beneath him, like that he's got something over on you. Or what if he doesn't want you to be like him? I'm glad you didn't pay attention to this. You're already like him. I mean, there's a tree of life. You're eating from it, which means that you're going to live forever because as long as you eat the fruit of the tree of life, you're not going to get sick. You're not going to age. There's no sin to corrupt humanity and to corrupt the world and to cause it to decay so you're actually already like him in the in the sense that you're going to be an eternal being and you're and and you're interacting with him on the daily but but maybe he doesn't really want you to be like him satan says go ahead and eat this fruit and if you eat this fruit you're going to have all of god's knowledge and you're going to be just like him just think, just think about what you're missing out on if you don't eat this fruit. And he made Eve feel like God was going to keep her in the dark. He made Eve feel like she was going to be weak and like she was 
going to never be like God. However, think about this with me today. Why do you think that God was walking with her and spending time with her every single day? Why do you think that there was this ongoing relationship? Why do you think that there was this ongoing connection? Why do you think that there was this unfiltered back and forth between God and Adam and Eve? It was because he was going to reveal himself. He was going to reveal truths. He was going to pass on knowledge. He was going to download things over time when they were ready for it, not when it would come immediately and be a shock to them like it was with Adam and Eve because when they tried the shortcut and they tried to be like God and know what God knows without God, it says that when they did that, that they immediately felt shame. Their eyes were open and they felt shame because they received things that they were not ready for. God was going to give them the knowledge of good and evil. He was going to make them more like him, but it was going to happen through relationship. It was going to happen through Adam and Eve experiencing connection and interaction with him, and he was going to lovingly provide to them what they needed when they needed it. He was going to teach them what they needed when they needed it. You see, the lie then and the lie now through social media is that we can have the best things in life. And that being the primary, the number one, true knowledge of God, connection with Him. The big lie is that we can have all of that without actually pursuing Him or knowing Him. But you've got to remember this. God gave us an intellectual nature and an emotional nature, and to experience the fullness of God, we must seek after Him with both. Hear me today. It is possible to be like Him. It is possible to really know Him. It is possible to have His knowledge, His insight, His wisdom, His healing, His, His goodness, His grace, all of it. But it comes through walking with him, and it comes through having an ongoing, vibrant, thriving relationship with him. Hear me today, it doesn't come just because you marked that you're a Christian on your census. It does not come because you were born into a Christian family and your mom said she was a Christian and your dad says that he's a Christian. It does not come because grandma talked to you about some Bible things once in a while when you were a child. It does not come even from coming into a building and hearing others talk about Him. It's got to be you coming to a place where you have your own experience, your own walk, your own relationship, your own connection to Him. Look, you can... You, you, you can go through all kinds of motions and rituals and do all kinds of things, but if it's dead and if it's empty, if you don't really know the God behind it all, you're missing out. In fact, that's what religion says. Religion says you do this formula and you repeat this saying and 
you keep in line with this activity and you say this like this and you stand when we say stand, you sit when you say when we say sit. And if you do that, then you're good. That's knowing God. But no, that is not knowing God. You got to really be connected to God to know God. You got to have a, a personal relationship with Him. The philosopher Plato, he made this brilliant statement. He said, The knower is one with the thing known. You and I were the knowers. God. Jesus, our Savior, our Lord, God in flesh, He's the thing that's to be known. And we become one when we are in the process, in the act of knowing them. It's ongoing. It's never fully realized. It's never fully complete. It's not something that you can just check off your list. The knower is one with the thing known. It's this continual knowing, getting to know. That's why in Psalm 76 it says, In Judah is God known. On the surface, this doesn't really mean a whole lot, but if you look at what Judah means in the Hebrew, it opens up our understanding. Judah means praise. It means worship. It means it means spiritual engagement. It means prayer. It means reaching out, connecting. And it says in Judah, in worship and praise and, and, and prayer and, and connection, spiritual connection, is God known? Today, I'm going to wrap up by just calling you to know Jesus for yourself. Do not fall into the lie that you're missing out on something else if you choose Jesus. Jesus is worth giving up everything for. He is the pearl of great price. If you have to sell everything you have just to get Him, it's worth it. But you don't have to do any of that. All you have to do is just surrender. Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for you. He gave His life. For you, it's about what He's done, not what we do. You just surrender. Just surrender. He's worth giving up everything for. And if you're being held back by FOMO, again, don't forget that when you focus on what you might miss out on, you can miss out on what you shouldn't. Go all in today with Jesus. Just open your heart and just say, Jesus, I want you and need you. I feel like I'm far from you and I want to be close to you. I want to have that connection. In fact, can we do that heads bowed, eyes closed? Everybody, if you're able to, just come on, just do this with me. Come on, let's pray together. Just say, Jesus, I believe that you're the one true God. And right now, I am inviting you into my world because I need you. I've been trying to live in a world separate and apart from you. And I'm asking you to be the Lord and the leader of my life. You be the one that calls the shots. You be the one that's in control. I'm surrendering to you and I'm asking you that you wash me and make me clean. I, I'm asking you that you forgive me of my sins. I'm asking you that you make me a new person. God, make me a part of your family. Adopt me into your family today. I want to have this connection with you. I'm willing to give up everything for you.
and I'm going to follow you the rest of my life. Teach me your words and show me your ways. In Jesus' name, amen. And for others of you today, I want to challenge you as we enter this time of spiritual renewal to not forget that the knower is one with the thing known. Come on, let's, let's go after God with everything that's in us. Let's pray. Let's seek His face. Let's come near to Him. He promised that if we would make a step towards Him, He'd make a thousand steps towards us. But we just got to engage. And that's what we're doing these next 14 days. We're engaging Him, connecting Him. We are seeking Him. Don't forget There are some resources available to make this time of spiritual renewal as rewarding and powerful as possible. It's at www.waterview.church slash 14 days. Jesus, show yourself strong on our behalf. Help us as we come near to you to experience your presence and your power. Flood our lives with your goodness and grace. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen.